Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today we're going to talk about financial stress and its link to suicidality. But before we get into that, let's take a big inhale and exhale. Ah. Let's do one more big inhale and exhale. Feel the shoulders drop, the feet, the toes. Feel the blood start to circulate. Maybe there's some tingling in the body. And I just want to welcome you. If you've been tuning in for a while, welcome back. If this is your first time, welcome in. Welcome for the first time. Kick back, relax. We're going to have some fun. My name's Leo Flowers. Uh, And, you know, we're going to talk about the financial stressors of, uh, or the, the the stressors of financial uh, debt and just you know struggle, and it's linked to suicide. But we're also going to talk about what we can do at the at the towards the end, right? What are some ways that we can navigate it? And I, and I want to be upfront about this, and I've talked about this in previous episodes how important it is to be creative in how we deal with our struggles. You know, if you go online and you read, how do I find a job? How do I get out of debt? They're going to give you the, the basic rules, tenets, structures, ideas for how to do that. I, myself, I'm going to be guilty of that also. We're going, to, we're going to go through some basic ideas and ways for you to get your way out of debt, um, but also to feel like you have some control over, over you know, uh, where you are financially in your career and things of that nature. However, it's going to require that the true response or answer or solution for what you're going through is going to require creativity on your part. Creativity. I just want you to keep that in mind. Creativity. And we, we access the creativity through reflection or introspection or journaling or just kind of stepping back. But we're going to get more into that. But creativity. Doing things out the box. Navigating our way forward that in a way that you wouldn't be able to find on the internet or uh, on some BuzzFeed article or in a book, we really are going to have to get creative in some instances, right? Some of us will be able to navigate our way out by following the rules. But there's 20% of you who are going to have to think outside the box, right? Um, So this topic came up to me because I was listening to a friend talk about a book he read on suicide. And he, and he said that when people have jumped off a bridge um, in response to uh, a relationship, right? Maybe it was a breakup, unrequited love, and they hit the water, they immediately regretted it. They, they hit the water, they survived, 
They, they clawed their way back. They wanted to fight back. They didn't want to die. But people who jumped due to financial reasons sunk like a brick. And I, I thought that was interesting. I had, I've read a number of books on suicide, a bunch of articles, but I, I, under, I understood it on some visceral level. Now, when, and, and before I even get into that, because I think that when we talk about money, money is tied to, it, it can feel, I'll say this, it can feel tied to everything. It can feel tied to connections, to relationships, to our identity, our purpose, our ability to protect and provide. It, it just covers to our peace of mind, it covers all the P's, right? Peace of mind, purpose, uh, protection, um, uh, uh, who we are, our, our identity. That's not a P. But um, and so when we have financial stress or struggle, it's so painful. Like I feel it in my chest when I look at my bank account. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my chest. And it's not even, here's what I discovered, and we'll get into this also, it's not even the amount that's in the bank account. It is what it reflects on an emotional level, like my perception of the numbers, right? Because I remember when I had, I was living out my car for a few years, if I had 20 bucks in my pocket, I felt rich. I was like, ooh, I got 20 bucks in my pocket, right? And I remember there was a moment where I was like, if I just had 5,000 in my account, and then I got 5,000. And and now because my lifestyle has changed and, you know, my, my cost of living has gone up, like 5,000 now feels like $20, right? Because the expenses have gone up. So it's like every time you, and that's the painful part, it's like you hit the goal that you want, and then you get there and you're like, oh, oh, this is not enough. And then you go, you set another goal and you, you hit that. And you're like, I can't this. And then you just go, oh, I'm never going to feel like it's enough. Like I'm going to have to stay on this treadmill. You, even, you know, Will Smith talked about that. He, you know, I don't know how much money he's worth. But he was being interviewed by Oprah, and Oprah, Oprah was like, wow, you, you know, you rich, you wealthy. He's like, yeah, but I don't have Oprah money. He's like, I still got to work. And I'm like, wow, this guy has hundreds of millions of dollars. I think he's worth like 100 and, you know, 150. He might even be worth more than that, like 500 million, 600 million. Whatever the number is, in his head, he's like, yeah, it's not enough. And I get that because I, I've read stories of billionaires who've lost it all, all, like they had billions, not not a billion, billions of dollars and broke, lost it all. So in your head, if you know that story, you go, wow, even if I get a billion, I'm not, I'm not safe. I could still lose it on a, on a weekend in Vegas <laughs> on some dancer named, named Lucy, you know. Like it can, it, it you just kind of feel like, wow, you know, if I get there, it's not enough. Or you get there and then somebody else has more than you or they make, or somehow they make you feel less than. Can you imagine, 
give a billion dollars and somebody makes you feel like, oh, that's a billion. You know what I mean? Because they have like 50 billion or 70 billion or, or whatever they're walking around with. So even even once you're in a billionaire's club, you go, oh, there are other levels to this. So let's talk about uh, what, when we talk about debt, let's talk about debt for a while. What does that usually include? Car loans, huge debt. I, I, for me, I'm, I'm leasing a car and I know I should just buy a car outright, but I've, I've, because I've lived out my car for three years and I've had so much car trouble and so much car fear and anxiety, wheels falling off, uh, engine dropping out of there, uh, you know, not being able to put gas in the car. I was like, I'm leasing a car. I, the last thing that I want to be thinking about is will my car make it from A to B? I, 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 I can't handle that anymore. So um, I, you know, I'm paying on my car. And then uh, there's credit card debt, which I, I think I have, I have student loan debt, and that's, that's it, and I'm paying. I'm slowly paying that off. But I don't, thankfully, I don't have any credit card debt. And I had it. I think I had like three or four credit cards that were, they were all maxed out, overdrawn. I was getting the phone calls, the late night phone calls, emails, text messages. It felt like somebody was uh, like walking outside my window, peering in. I felt like I got random knocks at the door. Like you, like you just start, you feel like everyone is the credit, credit person. Somebody would say hi. And I would I would zigzag the other way, that kind of thing. So credit card debt, and the way I got out of credit card debt was I I picked, you know, everyone will tell you something different. I picked the lowest card payment. I just wanted a quick win. I was like, what card has the lowest amount on it? And then I just tackled that and then worked my way up. To, I was like, I'm already in debt. I already owe a bunch of money. Um, if I start with the biggest one, that's, that may be too demoralizing. Let me start with the smallest one and then work, you know, start small, work my way up big. Now, some people say, start with the one that has the highest interest rate. Do what works for you. Once again, we got to be creative in our solutions. Um, we can take advice, but ultimately we have to do what makes us feel comfortable and what we feel like is sustainable what brings you peace of mind right and then we're looking at you know people owe money for mortgages and leases as i as i mentioned earlier uh unfortunately these banks are just approving any and everyone and anyone for a home loan and then they get in a situation where they lose their job or they get injured or what have you and now they can't afford the mortgage. Interest rates are through the roof. Like it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's insane. Or your company moves, they shut down, and uh, you can't relocate, you can't sell the house in time. Like mortgages are, are really do, doing some work on people. And then personal loans, you know, uh, you have good credit and the, the bank approves you for that personal loan. And then you run a hardship, you can't pay it back. And now... You got a personal loan, you got a mortgage, you got a car loan, you got a credit card debt, and then student debt. Fortunately, the student loan debt, I know some people 
who uh, have recently had it forgiven. So hopefully that can happen for me. But in the meantime, I will pay my, my small percentage of the student loan debt. And then medical debt. I'm 47. So much money, so much of my money now is going to medical. When I was in my 20s, I didn't have insurance. I was like, insurance? I'm, I'm 20. I'm good. I'm not paying, five, like now I got to pay 500 a month out of pocket because, you know, I, I work for self. So I'm paying 500 a month at the, at the very least. And then with the, I, have, I was just diagnosed with asthma and dysautonomia. Um, I'm paying so much for my prescription meds. And um, and just going back for the different checkups. I mean, now these these checkups are invasive, and they're looking at this and that, and so medical debt. I can't believe how much money uh, I'm going to uh, spending at the hospital, right? And, and so it's just painful when you have that kind of, of debt that can lead to financial stress, right? Because now that you have debt, now you may be looking at homelessness. Uh, and then you might also have uh, low income. So you might be making money. You might be making money, but just not a lot of money. You, you might be barely making enough to pay what you have to for the, for the month, the food, the housing, uh, the travel, like gas, just getting to and from work. So you're, you're getting a low income. That adds to the financial stress. And then you might even be unemployed. So if you're unemployed, like that, now you got no money coming in unless you're getting the unemployment checks. But then there's that anxiety of when does this run out? Because even I was on unemployment for a little bit, and every month I was like, I don't. Is it going to come this month? I don't know. I mean, they tell you how long it's going to last, but you, you don't. You don't know. You're like, this could just stop at any moment, right? Um, and and that's terrifying. So. Between uh, the, the debt and the different uh, financial stressors, there are ways that we can tackle this, right? One is to seek financial counseling. And, and when we talk about financial counseling, and I know that people live in different parts of the world, so you have to figure out what that means for you. But going to a credit union, they can help you. You know, um, I know some people have combined all their debt into one payment and some, and you'll find a, a company that'll do that for you. But the way I started, the first thing that I did when I had all the debt, all the struggle was I um, got a credit report. That was the very first thing I did. Uh, was it Experian? And there's another, I think get your FICO score. And because that lists all the things that you owe money for. Every, everybody that is saying that you owe them money, because sometimes you're unaware of people who are saying you owe money, and it's dinging your credit. So for me, the first thing was, okay, how do I repair my credit? That was, that was let me see what my credit is. Let me see who's saying I owe what. And then let me start paying off the, the, the smallest ones up into the larger ones. <clears throat> so first thing, Get your credit report score, especially if you're here in America or in some capitalist society. Get your credit report score and then see who says you owe what and then fight it. If there are any that are on there that you're like, nope, nope, that's not true. Write the letter. 
I tell you what, I think um, my cousin, shout out to him, I, I believe wrote three or four of my letters. And then everyone that he wrote a letter, because you can write a letter to, um, to, to, to refute some of the companies that say that you owe them money. And then they'll take it off. And I got them taken off. I was like, oh, that's cool. So that saved me like a couple thousand right there. So get your credit score. See who says owe you that they owe you money. And then write a letter to actually, I would write a letter to all of them and say, I don't owe any of you money. And then see what gets taken off and then start um, paying from lowest to highest. That's how I did it. But like I said, you can go to a credit union um, to, to have them help you. You can go to their extension offices to get extensions on payments. Non, there are nonprofit agencies that will help you with financial counseling. And there are also religious organizations that will help you with financial counseling. So whatever religion you're, you're a part of, um, ask them if they have financial counseling, if they have uh, you know somebody that can talk to you about how to get your way out of here. The point is you don't have to do this alone, right? You can get counseling through a credit union, extension office, nonprofit agency, or religious organization. There is help. There's somebody out there that will help you uh, do that. And then on top of that, learn how to budget, right? Learn how to write down what you're spending, what are your expenses, write down how much you got coming in, and then subtract your expenses from your income. And if that amount is less than zero, it will likely be necessary for you to make some changes in your spending. So look at what's coming in, what's going out. And I got to be honest, Leo Flowers, I don't do a great job of that. I'm just like, uh, I need to make more money. <laughs> That's my mindset, make more money. And, and then hopefully I don't have to, to deal with the, um, the subtraction. But, um, but definitely budget. Learn how to budget. And, and, you know, and learning how to budget and looking, and, and looking at the numbers, it really helps you to feel some, some type of agency, some autonomy, uh, instead of like you're avoiding and that anxiety that comes from avoiding because you in this stage, you really do need to look at the numbers. Just know what the number is. Know what, know what the number is that is going out and what's coming in. Because if you don't know what that, if you don't know exactly what the monster looks like, then it, it could be it, it's, it could be 10x scarier in your head. I got to tell you, when I looked at my FICO score and I looked at the total of what I owed, I was like, "Oh okay, this is not as scary as I thought it was." This is actually manageable. But if I just kept it in my head and I didn't actually look at the numbers, terrified, terrified. And I got I to gotta tell you this too. Do it on paper. When I look at numbers on a computer, it's like it's not real to me. It's just something about stuff on a laptop. On a, like people send me news articles and stuff. I rarely read them because I'm like, it's not, this is not real to me. But when I get the, I need it in my hands. I need it tangible. Uh, you know, or I got to write it down. That's why I still love uh the physical books. And then, you know, so last part I'll say to this, um, I have a, I'm listening to Bruce Springsteen's book, uh, Born to Run. Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA, right? And he said his dad uh, was struggling a bit financially, not struggling like, you know, oh man, like down in the dumps on the street, but 
just wasn't growing. His money was not getting from A to B. You know, decides, he tells his kids, this is the father. He says, kids, we're going to leave the house. I'm moving to the Bay Area. I think they lived in the Midwest. He said, and he said to the kids, he goes, you can come if you want, but I'm leaving. I'm, this is where I'm going. And so him and, and his wife, Bruce Springsteen's father and his mother got in a car, drove to the Bay, and left the kids behind. And the kids had to figure out how to fend. Now, the kids were teenagers, but they had to fend for themselves. But the father in his heart was like, if I stay, I'm going to die. I don't, I, there's, there's nothing here. I forget what town they lived in. But he was like, there's just nothing here for me. Now, I know that that is cold. And that, I know that can sound cold and ruthless. Um, and like he's negating his responsibilities, all that. But I'm sharing this story with you to say, you might have to do some burning of the bridges. You might have to do something that, that feels uncomfortable for you if we're talking about saving your life. I don't know what that looks like. For you, you have to find that thing. Does that mean that you just pack up things and uh, you start a new life somewhere? Does that mean that you write the book? Does that mean that you collaborate with someone? Does that mean that you actually ask for help? Like, what is that thing that you're like, all right, I'm at the brink. I'm out of options. I might as well try this. Let me experiment with that. I'm curious to see if this will actually work. Like, what's that area that's unexplored? What is that thing that you're just like, all right, let's let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Let's roll the dice. There's a, um, uh, I, you know, I was talking about social equilibrium earlier. And there's, there's research by this guy, Emil Durkheim. And he talks about, it's really, he talks about anomic suicide, right? And, and this is the type of suicide due to certain breakdown of social equilibrium, such as suicide after bankruptcy or after winning a lottery. In other words, anomic suicide takes place in a situation which has cropped up suddenly. It's acute, right? I bring this up to say that when we talk about financial stressors and it's linked to suicide, that social that breakdown of social equilibrium, that is the real burden because it's embarrassing. It can it can be embarrassing if you're a, a upper middle class and you have a standing in your community with your job, your family, and then to lose it all. And now, now what? Now who are you? You know who. Are your, are your friends trying to help you out? Do they even want to hang out with you anymore? Do you feel like you can show your face? What does this mean for your kids? You have to pull them out of school. So it's that breakdown. It's the breakdown of social equilibrium that becomes so painful. I bring this up to say that if we are aware of what the source of the real pain is, it's that, that change in status because on the flip side, anomic suicide can also be when we 
win the lottery. So if you're, you know, if you're middle class or, you know, impoverished, and then all of a sudden you win a hundred million dollars, that can break down your social equilibrium also. Because who are your friends now? Who are you hanging out with? You've been hanging out with, you know, dudes on the street, rolling dice or, you know, uh, the, the women at the, at the hair, salon, like a hair salon, like whatever your neighborhood hangout is. And now you have this massive change in social status. Who's coming with you? Are now you in this big house by yourself? Do you trust, do you trust those friends that you had from your old life? To, to hang out, to be in, like, it's a, and like, can they relate? You know, and, and now if you bring them around, they're, they're asking for things, you feel guilty because now you have, and they still struggling. Like, that's another breakdown of social equilibrium. So this idea that if you just all of a sudden won the lottery, things would be Gucci for you or be great. For some people, it would. Some people would be able to navigate those waters. But for a lot of people, that would be a, as much of a stressor as, you know, if you've lost everything, right? So if you if we go too high up too quickly or down too quickly, either one of those can be damaging for our, our mental health. And, and this is why it's so important that we're going through these changes to reach out and talk to someone, share what you're going through, and even if you've had a bad experience, you're like, Leo, I tried that. I got screwed over. Uh, they took my money. Uh, they embezzled. They laundered. They lied to me. I was cheated out of this. I, I get that. It sucks. And when I talk to a lot of people, anyone who's, who's had any amount of success, it, it's, it's common. And, and not that it's common, but it happens more than, than we think. And so, but we have to keep trying. We have to... We have to learn from our experiences and, and hope that we can reduce that amount of damage from when we reach out and ask for help. But, but we, be creative, do your best, and let's get to tomorrow together. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If Take seven seconds and share this episode with one other person. And and let them know. Be like, hey, I'm I'm struggling a little bit. I, you know, I have a I, I myself have a I have a men's group, and I told them I was like, yo, you know, money's a little tight right now. Like this is, these are you know with the with the medical stuff. These are it's it's a little. So it, it just feels good to have those conversations. It also feels good to know that you're not alone. I mean, that's the, I think that's the tough part, right? Where it's not only the break in social equilibrium, it's like ah, like, I got to figure this out myself. Like, that's the part that really sucks. If you feel like that, if you feel like, like, I, I, like, no one wants to help me. Like, if you're, if I'm throwing a party, people want to help me throw a party. But now I'm struggling financially and it's just, it's just all on me now. And, and this is painful, right? So please call 988 call any of the 800 numbers listed in any of the show notes. Uh, you can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one -on -one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.